From South Carolina Public Radio, this is the South Carolina Lead. I'm your host, Gavin Jackson, and this episode was recorded on August 11th, 2023 from South Carolina Public Radio Studios here in Columbia. Just so you know, some of the information in this podcast may have changed by the time you've heard it. This episode features a look at the latest from the 2024 campaign trail, including who is going to be on the debate stage in Milwaukee on August 23rd. We talk with Mayan Schechter about former President Donald Trump's visit to South Carolina last Saturday. Senator Tim Scott went off on President Joe Biden's comments about essentially declaring climate change a national emergency this week. And we have the latest inflation data for you and an update on hurricane season. The lead loves hearing from everyone. That's why we have set up a voicemail box that you can call to share your thoughts, hot takes, and questions at 803-563-7169. We'll also be interested in hearing your feedback about the podcast itself. What you like, what you don't like, what you want to hear more or less of. Leave us your name, where you're calling from, and what's on your mind. And if you don't want to be on the pod, just let us know. Call or text 803-563-7169. Thank you. Let's look at some of the latest moves in the 2024 Republican presidential race. Everyone right now is in Iowa or heading there or talking about it or eating something on a stick at the Iowa State Fair, which kicked off this week. The major event is a cherished stop on the calendar for candidates who get to mingle with the people while being sworn by journalists who follow them around the fair and catch their speeches and odd photos of them eating food on a stick. There's different events put on by the Des Moines Register and or Governor Kim Reynolds and the Iowa State GOP. We'll have a bit of a recap for you in Tuesday's pod because that's literally all that's going on right now, folks. I'm really trying my best. It's the middle of August. We're looking at you, Iowa. Give us some news. I knew I should have gone to the State Fair AT. I'm sorry, folks. It's my failure there. It's, we went to Miami instead. What do you want from me? Anyway, okay, let's focus on some other things. Republican presidential candidate Senator Tim Scott toured the southern border on August 9th. And this past week, he was on Fox News blasting President Joe Biden for his misstatement on saying that he had already declared climate change a national emergency. Here's what Biden said on the Weather Channel on Tuesday when visiting the Grand Canyon. Are you prepared to declare a national emergency with respect to climate change? I've already done that. National emergency, we've conserved more land. We've moved in, we've rejoined the Paris Climate Accord. We've passed a $368 billion climate control facility. We're, we're, we're moving. It's the, it is the existential threat to humanity. So you've already declared that national emergency. Well, in the practice, you got a bug on you. Oh, thanks. Appreciate it. Yeah. So you've already declared that national emergency. Practically speaking, yes. Yeah. Senator Scott was then asked by Fox News' Brian Kilmeade if he believes that climate change is real and if it's because of the use of fossil fuels. Here's what Scott said. We, so the, the climate is obviously changing, but what we should realize, Brian, is that the country that's cut its carbon footprint in half in the last 25 years is America. The best thing to do for the climate is to keep our jobs at home, not to send them to countries like China India and Africa that have not impacted their actual carbon footprint. But more importantly, Americans have done the right thing. We continue to do the right thing. But the president has done the wrong thing. He has the wrong focus. He refuses to go to our border. It's just pitiful. 
Okay, now I don't know what source Senator Scott was citing for that emission statistic, but one stat I got from the EPA is that in 2020, U.S. greenhouse gas emissions totaled 5.9 million metric tons of carbon dioxide equivalents. This total represents a 7% decrease since 1990 and a 20% decrease since 2005. Now, one last clip from that interview on Fox. Scott was asked that if Trump shows up for the debate, how that changes his strategy. Here was his response. It doesn't change my strategy very much at all, to be honest with you. I, I hope President Trump comes to the debate stage and participates. He's a, he's a strong debater without any question. It will be entertaining without any question. But the American people deserve to see every single one of us that qualifies for the debate stage on that stage talking about our vision for America and how our presidency would change the tide away from this terrible, disastrous presidency of President Biden. Speaking of the debate, we are less than two weeks away from the August 23rd Republican presidential debate. And Senator Scott and former Governor Nikki Haley have officially met all three requirements to participate in the debate. While the two have previously met the polling and fundraising criteria, this week they signed the Republican National Committee pledge to support the Republican nominee, whoever that is. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, biotech entrepreneur Vivek Ramaswamy, and North Dakota Governor Doug Burgum has also signed the pledge. And again, this is news because we're still waiting on former New Jersey Governor Chris Christie, who called the pledge useless, and former Vice President Mike Pence, who just qualified for the debate after finally meeting the fundraising requirement to sign the pledge. Now, former President Donald Trump, who continues to build hype over will he or won't he take the stage, said he will not sign the pledge. So that's that then, unless he goes back on his word which he'd have to do to take the stage in Milwaukee. Now, in July, RNC chairwoman Ronna McDaniel told CNN's Chris Walls, quote, everybody has to sign the Beat Biden pledge. Everybody. It's across the board. The rules aren't changing. We've been very vocal with them, quote. We're not done with 24 yet, folks. A super PAC tied to Nikki Haley's campaign launched its first ad in Iowa and New Hampshire on August 1st. The $13 million ad buy is part of the first major push into advertising by the PAC. The New York Times reports that SFA Fund Incorporated is pouring $7 million into ads in Iowa and $6.2 million into ads in New Hampshire that will run over the next nine weeks. The Times continues and says in Iowa, Republican campaigns have spent $31.8 million so far this year, according to the media tracking firm Ad Impact. The $7 million ad campaign would make SFA Fund the second largest spender in the state, behind only Senator Tim Scott's Trust in the Mission PAC, or TIMPAC, oh. which has spent more than $15.3 million. Never back down, a super PAC supporting Governor Ron DeSantis has spent the next highest amount with $3.4 million in ads. Now for Haley, this is all part of a slow and steady approach that they've taken on this campaign so far. Even though, of course, this isn't coordinated with the campaign, technically slash legally, but getting earned media, keeping her name in the news, remember she managed to do this for several years when she didn't hold any office post-United Nations ambassadorship, and now she's starting to get ads out there as things ramp up after Labor Day, when more people begin paying attention. Here's how she put it recently on CNBC. At the end of the day, you have to look at what it's going to take. The other candidates have spent millions of dollars. The accountant in me hasn't spent anything because no one's paying attention. The debates start next month. You'll see me on the debate stage. Then things will start to move, and then you'll see those numbers start to shift. So a slow burn and a hope to catch fire closer to when it matters. But we know that fire needs oxygen, folks. And when there is a certain frontrunner that continues to take it out of the room, 
well, it's going to take something to catch fire indeed for anyone in this race. And that brings us to our conversation with South Carolina Public Radio's Mayan Schechter about Trump's appearance at the SCGOP's Silver Elephant fundraiser dinner on August 5th. We were both there, and of course we covered some of this in Tuesday's pod, but Mayan Schechter is here in studio with us right now. Mayan, welcome. Thank you. It's so good to be here, as I know. always. Oh, I love it. Oh, it's I so love good. being able to chat about stuff with you guys. I know. This synergy is here. She's right. a full-blown co-worker, not Full-time just a Full-time employee, baby. Yes. Oh, well, Mayan, let's uh, let's wrap, baby. Let's talk about the Silver Elephant. Like I said, we were both there. Uh, I was at the state fairgrounds. Tell us exactly just what it is. I mean, we, we say fundraiser, but what's the whole point of this big dinner? Right. It's an annual fundraiser for the South Carolina Republican Party, mm-hmm. and they hold it every year around this time. Its inception was in 1967. Mm-hmm. This is before he was president. Ronald Reagan came and spoke at the inaugural Silver Elephant, but it's become kind of a, a go-to fundraiser party, who's who, establishment Republicans. It's a, it's a good time with a usually a, a live band. Mm-hmm. So post-party, they can all kind of hang out and schmooze with one another, but it's always an opportunity to hear from a notable Republican, somebody who's up and coming in the ranks, who can talk a little bit about sort of their aspirational goals. Mm-hmm. Um, like Kevin McCarthy spoke before he became uh, majority leader. Uh, Sarah, H- mm-hmm. right? Uh, or excuse me, House Speaker. Yeah. Forgetting my titles, Sarah <laughs> Huckabee Sanders before she became governor. Yep. So yeah, it's 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 a it's a good time for South Carolina Republicans, really. Not as many people stuck around to dance though, because we had about an hour and twenty minutes of Trump talking there. Yeah, I I I think you know. It, it was late. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was, it was late yeah. by the time we left. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I frankly, I did not have the energy, not that I was going to go dance or anything, yeah. but I just can't imagine everybody has that kind of energy at the end of the night. Yeah. Well, after that speech, Maya, like what jumped out at you, that hour, 20 minute long speech? What were some big takeaways for you? I mean, honestly, really nothing that he said was a big takeaway for me. I wanted to see how the audience mm. was going to receive him. And what really stood out to me was Honestly, when he walked out on the stage to that song that is played all the time that I'm also blanking on right Um, now, Lee Greenwood, right? Proud to be an American. Right. And That was a test. I passed. I'm still here. Congrats. And he walked out and he just stood there. He just stood there watching as everybody stood on their feet applauded, took out their phones. There was Chance of USA. I mean, mm-hmm. that went on for like, what, two to three minutes? Yeah, it was solid. And to me, that was the part that stuck out. It, You know, a lot of what he talked about was very similar stuff that he has said before, rehashing mm-hmm. 2020, slamming the media, greatest hits, showers. Um, it was really the reception. <laughs> you can't forget about I heard, showers. Yeah, I heard that shower one. I'm like, we got to put this on the pod. Yeah. Fascinating. It was me. it was a long, lengthy thing mm-hmm. on showers. Um, you know, I think maybe if we if we really want to talk about the remarks, you know, the electric vehicles riff mm-hmm. that he has done before yes. was kind of interesting. Obviously, given that the state just invested so much money into mm-hmm. bringing or getting Scout to build a manufacturing plant here in the county. To me, really, though, what stuck out was was the reception. I mean, I think that's what we all wanted to see was yeah. how is this crowd going to receive him? And for the most part, they loved him. This was also an, uh, an exciting way to see him because the people had chairs. It was temperature controlled. We weren't outside in 100-degree heat and direct sun in we July in Pickens or, yeah. uh, you know, uh, freezing temperatures in March 2022 in Florence. I mean, so it was nice to have temperature control there. Right. Um, but you wrote a great piece on South Carolina Public Radio.org about the event, and you also got some additional perspective from folks about Trump's grip on the party 
specifically former 7th Congressional District Republican Congressman Tom Rice. Why did you reach out to Tom Rice? What did he have to say? What's the mood there? Well, I think Tom Rice is just obviously such an interesting figure Mm -hmm. when we talk about what is going on with Trump. He was the only South Carolina member of Congress to outside of Jim Clyburn to vote to impeach in the House, the only Republican. And he has been incredibly critical of Trump post-presidency. He really hasn't done a lot of speaking engagements. He hasn't really talked to a lot of reporters since leaving office. And so I just randomly hit him up, I think, on a Friday. I think Mm. he told me it was his birthday. He was on some kind of fishing trip. (laughs) (laughs) And Love someone uh, answers the phone on a Friday. Right. Even if it's a fishing trip and their birthday. Exactly. And so I said, hey, can we we talk a little bit about Trump? He's going to be here in 24 hours. And he said, sure. Um, And, you know, unlike Mark Sanford, who has continued to, I mean, he obviously came to Silver Elephant. He's continued to be on national television. Tom Rice really hasn't. Mm-hmm. He did not show up to Silver Elephant, obviously. So He's kept that low profile ever since leaving office. We're very much. Office, yeah. Right. Very much so. I mean, I think he, he has definitely accepted that that is his last probably run for political office. He doesn't mm-hmm. think he could get elected again. And so he is enjoying retirement. Um, Whereas Mark Sanford shows up at the Silver Elephant, he's talking to the New York Times. I heard him on CNN last night. I was like, this man is just like staying in the limelight. Like he gets a little little bit of this, he just like keeps going. They keep hitting he, him up. It's also August, folks. Like they're looking for a warm body to talk on cable news. That's right. And there is really, I mean, there's not a lot of notable names, South Carolinians, who are are going to go on national television and probably drag the former president's name out. But Tom Rice was, was very, very critical of the South Carolina Republican Party for hosting Trump. Uh, not, not quite like some others who were upset that it felt like they were giving more advantage to him over others. But, mm-hmm. but really, I mean, that, but also the fact that, like, here's a guy who has now faced his third indictment, second federal indictment. He could be indicted in Georgia. And Rice said that it was a huge disservice to the party. Um, Rice, of course, uh, told me that he is looking at Chris Christie, former New Jersey governor, as somebody that he might vote for. And the reason being is because he has been the most outspoken when it comes to Trump. Uh, Rice and I also talked about former Governor Nikki Haley and Senator Tim Scott, who have both sort of kind of danced around Trump. And Rice said he was pretty disappointed with the fact that they were really unwilling to to go after him. So, yeah, I, I don't I don't think I don't think there's like a lot of love lost there. But I, I, I didn't was not thrilled mm-hmm. with the party for hosting him. Yeah. And uh, just a little tidbit there that Mark Sanford has one point three million dollars still in his congressional campaign finance account. And Tom Rice has two hundred thousand. So like. Should have spent it all on. But really quickly, Mayan, before we get out of this, uh, House Speaker Merle Smith dropped that news that he was endorsing Trump right before Trump showed up. Uh, what can we make of this endorsement? What have you heard from folks as to why maybe he picked Trump over someone, say, Senator Tim Scott, who's not facing any federal indictments? Mm-hmm. You know, obviously for the Trump camp, it's a it's a big name, right, in South Carolina politics, mm-hmm. although I don't think most people probably know who Merle Smith is. And I don't mean that as a critical thing, but most people don't know who their state house speaker is or state senate president is so it's a good get for trump because it does give him another prominent south carolinian to point to and say hey look at this i i you know i have his endorsement if i've learned anything from the covering the 2020 democratic presidential primary and and there's a few things i've learned but one of them is not to put like everything into endorsements You know, it's obviously good. Uh, uh, Speaker Smith can go into Sumter or to other events and and talk about Trump. And in his op-ed, he did just that, talked about how great his policies were. 
But outside of being able to do that, it probably doesn't carry like as much. I don't know. Wait, yeah. you know, it's different when it's like Governor McMaster mm-hmm. or or other notable Lindsey Graham, um, Russell Fry, those right, guys. Right. I mean, I still it's it's a good get for him. I just you know, I don't know if endorsements really matter yeah. when it comes to somebody who was already very high up in the polls. Yeah. Why did he Same do point. it? He lays out in his op-ed that he obviously likes his policies. He did a lot for South Carolina. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll be honest. I think a lot of people that we've both talked to yeah. have have kind of questioned why. Uh, because he did show up at that uh, state house leadership announcement that Trump did. In did January not en- when he rolled out. Yep. Right. Did not endorse then, but is endorsed now. Mm-hmm. So I think there's still a lot of unanswered questions. Yeah. Either way, it's just something for, for the Trump campaign. It'll be interesting to see what he does in terms of any campaigning for Trump, too. So mm-hmm. that's when they deploy those guys out there when we get closer to our February uh, 2024 primary. That's a long ways away, though. We don't have to worry about that yet. Not yet. Is it? Not yet. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> Well, thank you, Maya. We appreciate you catching up with us. Thanks so much, guys. And before we get out of the pod, we have some updates for you. First up, we got new inflation numbers for you. Everyone loves talking about inflation. That's right. For the month of July, we saw inflation actually tick up to 3.2%, according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics. Almost all the monthly inflation increase came from shelter costs, which rose 0.4% and were up 7.7% from a year ago. Data. Real wages adjusted for inflation increased 0.3% on the month and were up 1.1% from a year ago. Now, core consumer price index data, which removes volatile food and energy prices, came in at 4.7%. Both CPI and core CPI were up 0.2% from June, so a little, little data for you there. I understand. And another update for you. We are updating you folks. The National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration released an updated forecast for the 2023 hurricane season, increasing their prediction from a near normal activity level to an above normal activity level, folks. That's right. The original forecast issued in May predicted a 30% chance of above normal conditions. Now it stands at 60% as hurricane season moves through. Current conditions like record warm Atlantic sea surface temperatures have the potential to counteract El Nino conditions. The outlook for 2023 now calls for 14 to 21 storms. Those are storms with winds of 39 miles per hour or greater. 6 to 11 storms are predicted to be categorized as hurricanes, of which 2 to 5 could become major hurricanes. Remember, it just takes one storm, folks. Now, this update includes storms that have already formed the season and the six-month hurricane season runs from June 1st through November 30th. And right now, we're in the busiest part of it. August and September account for the highest activity of the season. So be aware, be alert, get that go bag ready, ready ready.gov. Now, there is a 95% chance that El Nino will continue through the Northern Hemisphere winter, according to the Climate Prediction Center. El Nino typically results in atmospheric conditions that decrease tropical activity during the Atlantic hurricane season. Those conditions have been slow to develop this year, and climate scientists are predicting that the associated impacts that limit storm activity may not be in place for the rest of the season. So keep your eyes open, and also, below normal wind shear conditions, slightly below normal Atlantic trade winds, and near or above normal West African monsoon features are also shaping this updated seasonal forecast. So, be ready folks. Be ready for anything. Welcome to the wind down section, our little break from the news, and we're glad you're here. Oh, thank you. I'm 
also super glad that not only is A.T. Shire our not producer here, no. not just A.T., not no. just A.T., but Amy Crouch, mm. my producer from the TV side of Illustrious. SCTV. She's getting a taste. Everyone's I just, here. I am overwhelmed right hey, now. Amy. I feel so special. It's been a minute. What was the last time Amy was on the wind down? It was a while ago. It I think was. she's been on one or two before. But yeah. I can't remember what it was about at this point. I can't right. either. I, I'm only thinking of Abby and like the hottest takes that we got from yes, Abby. Yes, those were we can't great. Only limit, we can only have Abby on like once a year because yeah. it's like so scorching. That actually might be t- Amy, too much. Amy could live on here. And it's fine. But anyway, we have Amy on here because we have two voicemails that there's a lot of overlap here. And so there's the, you'll see when we're through the voicemails, there's no one better than Amy to, to answer these questions. So are you ready for the for, first call? I guess ask Amy. Amy? Roll it, AT. Uh, I need an affirmative. I need oh, your attention. I we need have your to turn attention. the keys at the same time. <laughs> Three, uh, two, one, and Oh, yeah. I forgot. What, do we do on one? Here we go. Hello. This is Nicole from Erno. Um, I was listening to the lead, and you were talking about the great summer blockbusters. But honestly, I don't want to talk about that. I want to talk about Indiana Jones, which you even talked about on the show, but not the one that I saw. I saw the new one, the, and I'm blanking on the name, of course, but I actually liked it, and I was nervous about it because of Crystal Skull. But this one, there was one glaring obvious issue with it. But other than that, it was everything you want out of an Indiana Jones movie. And I very much enjoy it and recommend it. Uh, Much better than Crystal Skull. Sorry for all of you fans out there. Um, But other than that, I'm just, you know, trying to stay cool. Cold is impossible. Cool is attainable. Um, and I hope everyone else out there is too, and hope you guys stay cool and enjoy your time. Thanks for calling Nicole from Irmo. Thanks for staying cool, baby. Yeah. <laughs> um, we're going to talk about movies in a moment. Yes. Correct? So that was the so we're first. We're going to put call. a pin in that, Nicole. That we got the first some things we want to talk about. I, I do want Crystal it on the record. Skull, though. I'm a I'm a defender of Crystal uh, Skull. This is so wild for me. I mean, it's it, fine. It, it's fine. It's fine. Exactly. It's fine. It's not bad like everyone acts. Uh, I've never seen it. Have you yeah. seen the other Indiana Jones, Amy? The first three. Yeah. There okay. You go. That's fine. Yeah. That's the fine. Classics. They're, they're, there you go. They're all classics. No, they're not all. They're not all classics. I still have dreams about the snakes in the pit. Yeah. Yeah. That's the first one. That's a great movie. And the faces so melting off and mm-hmm. the heart coming out of the chest. But that is much more believable happening. than the end of Crystal Skull, obviously. Uh, <laughs> anyway, here's the next call. Are you ready? I think so. Ready. Okay, here we go. Ready. <laughs> oh, this feels special. Uh, hey, Gavin. Hey, AT. Uh, this is uh, Adam Rogers. Long-time listener, first-time caller. Uh, love the work you boys have been doing. Uh, just love everything that is anything to do with you two. And your friendship, because it's blossoming, and it's been beautiful to see, uh, or listen to, rather, because that's uh, that's the medium that we're working with here. Hey, so I had a question for Gavin. I uh, hope you guys can cover this. Gavin, I'm just wondering what your favorite Denzel movie is. Uh, it's important to me just to know that, to get a better sense of you as a person, and that sort of helps me uh, trust you and the news that you deliver. I uh, hope everything's good. See you guys. Adam Rogers, thank you for calling. Yes, AT is a great 
work friend so colleague. Mean. So rude. This is also That's a South of Spooky guys. That's a South of Spooky, That's a South of spooky okay. reference right there. Uh, so with all these calls, and I do want to. Well, I have I w- to answer his question. Well, first. we're going to get to it. We're going to get to it. It's okay. Very specific. Though. I want to talk about. Sorry, Adam. Favorite movies, favorite blockbusters, and I also want on the table that Adam is one of my best friends. We went to college, and he was one of my best men. So you had a ringer call in. This so was a ringer. Wow. Yeah, because I was tell- talking to my college friends about how I saw Indiana Jones on TV. And it ruined my day because I had to sit there and watch Indiana Jones. Of course. Like, I was like, which one was it? It was the end of the first one, start of the second one. And so I was like, shoot. Now, now, now the rest of my day is screwed. Yes. Okay. Exactly. For the the faces had just melted. Everyone's faces had just melted. And then the the dancing started, you know? Oh, yeah. And the best part about a TV movie is like the opening is always like the longest part. There's no commercials (sighs) for like 10 minutes. You're like, well, I'm here now. Yeah. Yeah, And then every 10 minutes afterwards. I wanted to know. What some of our favorite blockbusters were, favorite Denzel movie, and then what's a movie if you see it on TV, mm. you're stopping, your your plans are ruined. And Amy had questions, she had answers. I about was ready. Yeah. So, uh, Gavin, let's let's have your favorite Denzel Washington yeah. movie. So first. interesting question there from Adam Rogers. Uh, it took me a minute to think about this. I had to look it up a little bit because I'm not like the biggest Denzel guy. Uh, but you said, remember the Titans? I thought he was terrific in that. Not my favorite though. Love Crimson Tide. Yeah, great movie. Very tense. Uh, I haven't seen Training Day, so no one hold that against me. <laughs> oh, and just the watched Pel- it. And the Pelican Brief. Really good. Which is like the net, but like... <laughs> but with Julia Roberts. But with Julia Roberts, yeah. right? My favorite is Inside Man, okay? And Amy, what's your set? what are you saying? I'm going to say, um, Remember the Titans? Fine choice. Great um, movie. But I did just for the first time see Training Day. <clears throat> good movie, too. Um, and I really liked it. It was very the, good. I should have said The Preacher's Wife because Whitney Houston. But okay. We'll leave it there. So now let's get to movies, blockbuster movies that are on TV going to ruin your afternoon. We're talking the Shawshank Redemptions mm-hmm. of the world. We're talking Forrest Gump's. Okay, Amy, what do you have? Well, this is not just something that's going to make me stop and watch mm. on television. It's going to make, make you cry. It's going to make you think. It's, it's going it, to make me laugh. It's going to make me cry. It's mm. going to make me scared. Mm-hmm. In 1994, I watched this movie three times in the movie theater. That's how much I loved it. <laughs> and it is called Armageddon. Oh, my <laughs> God! Did you show her the figurine that Sean got? I, yes, yes. For your birthday. I, I got a, I got an action figure of Harry Stamper, Bruce Amy, Willis. What does Bruce Willis say to Ben Affleck right before he sends him back up into the spaceship? What's he say? Take care of my daughter. You're gonna make it, but you. I'm not gonna make it, but you will. Something like that. That's well, all I remember. I'm not Aerosmith plays. Yeah, my so problem bad. was when I told At this, he was making fun that it was a very predictable movie. Yeah. And I disagree. You said there was it was tense. It was, and I was tense like there's no tension. Suspense. Was no. it 94? It was 98. 98, okay. 98. 98. Okay. 98. Yeah. I got Still, confused between it, the, what the passion it doesn't matter. It, it, you don't need to worry about this. You didn't know he was going to die. That was very suspenseful. You didn't know that. Know. But you weren't thinking he was going to well, die. I mean, so exactly. So it made it very suspenseful based when he on did a true, die. Based on a true story. <laughs> it's real. Based okay. on a true story. Uh, Gavin, what, do you have any? Yeah, so you kind of just teased it. Forrest Gump. I was over at a friend's yes. house the other day. It's a little bit, it was a, it was a lazy Sunday after mm-hmm. a long Saturday. Uh, I walk in and, you know, midway through Forrest Gump is on and you're just like, I'm watching well, I got to watch it I'm now. watching it. And I think it's super fascinating because I, I was looking it up while we were watching it. Huge blockbuster in 94. Mm-hmm. Um had just come out like after The Lion King, which was also a huge blockbuster. Big year. Like, it took a lot. Remember, like, what happened? We used to have these blockbusters all the time. Now it's like another Marvel. Yes. And now, like, Barbie's blowing everyone away. So it's like, that's exciting to see blockbusters, original blockbusters like Oppenheimer, too, yeah. which I'm going to see on Sunday. No spoilers. I saw Barbie last week. 
You weren't excited about it, right? I mean, it was really cute, but I wouldn't run out to the movie theater. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's a movie I'm going to watch at home. Now, the problem with watching movies at home, especially if you're not watching it on a streaming service mm. talking about the commercials. Mm. These two-hour movies take three Ooh, and a half yes. hours out of your time. That's uh, And that gets to the my favorite movies. It's obviously the Lord of the Rings movies. Whenever, whenever they're on TV, those are four and a half, five-hour movies. And they ruin it. And it ruins my day because I'm going to watch it. Mm-hmm. I mean, know? I just In other movies that I'll stop and watch, any, any Indiana Jones, maybe including obviously. Crystal Skull, Crystal's any good. James Bond movie. Mm, not any. And uh, well, I mean, not like the Timothy Dalton ones or like whatever the, <laughs> the good Dalton ones. Shade. Um, He's a big listener. And uh, <laughs> National Treasure. Yeah, Gavin. Oh, or wow. the Mummy. Right. Wow. Months wow. Months wow. Months. Good. So mine are old school. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And probably The Wedding Crasher. Really, just uh, those two uh-huh. genres. I'm a big. You I love know, The Shining. Vince I'll watch Vaughan. The Shining. I'm oh, watching well, The Shining. Oh well, The Shining plays at your house all the time, yes, right? It's yes. always on for me to keep me calm. I'm gonna say these are also big hangover movies too. I mean, what's the difference? Exactly. There's no difference here. You I'm don't have always. to think. No. Yes. And with, I know them so well. Something like uh, Forrest Gump, like, you can just recite those lines. Dumb and Dumber. Intonations, like everything. Spinal Tap. Talladega Nights. Spinal the legend of Ricky Bobby. It's so good. So great. Anyway, Nicole, thank you for calling. Yes, great conversation Adam, here. Adam, you're what, what a mensch, Adam. What a great guy. This is the only way I could get him to listen. Anyway, Gavin, say goodbye. Hit the credits. Amy, you're amazing. We'll have you on again. If anyone else can think of any movies they like, please let us know. Yeah, 803-563-7169. Be like Adam or Nicole. Let us know what you stop, drop, and watch when it's on TV. Or maybe you just turn it on because you want to watch it. 803-563-7169. And also, thank you for listening to the pod. You can show us your appreciation by leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts. And stay up to date with the latest news on SCTV.org and SouthCarolinaPublicRadio.org. And don't forget to support your local newspapers. For those South Carolina lead, I'm Gavin Jackson. Be well, South Carolina. I think I just gave myself pink eye by putting my eye on this. Yep, those aren't clean. Oh. Those aren't clean. Oh. (laughs)